0: It's Nate, and it's time for another bite sized. So, last episode, uh, Josh and I did a grab bag, uh, and we each brought a topic to sort of discuss. And one of the things, the thing that I brought was the kind of funny interview with Phil Spencer. And I think even in that episode, I disclosed the fact that I hadn't listened to the episode or watched the episode in its entirety. And I was sort of acting off of sound bites, but I thought there were a few interesting interesting sound clips that we could sort of, you know, play around with and, and, and uh, sort of riff off of. And I think, you know, the, the one that we really hit was the, the Microsoft not being able to out console uh, Sony and Nintendo. And, and I I don't think that Josh and I were too hard, but we, we did feel like that was a bit of a cop out. I still feel like that's a bit of a cop out. Um, but, after listening to the, the 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 interview in its entirety, I did have some some follow-up thoughts and then sort of something even sort of spinning off of that that I've kind of been thinking about as well, and I figure it's sort of tangential. So first off, let me double back on the Phil Spencer episode or, or interview. Uh, first off, mad props to Phil. I don't always like him. That Well, and that's not true. I like him, but he also kind of puts off a... a not a phony vibe, um, but he's just kind of, I don't know. He's like the cool uncle, and but the cool uncle, he's not like a Nate McKeever cool uncle. Nate McKeever cool uncle is cool all the time. You ask any of my nieces and nephews, I'm cool all the time. I'm never not cool. Um, but there's some, anyways, uh, you know, it, it's just a sort of like, there's something about that that just kind of like, you know, there's a lot of things I actually like about Phil Spencer, but sometimes... He just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know what exactly that is. Like I can't, but it's not because he's not authentic because I think very much so in this most recent, that that interview with Kind of Funny, I think we saw like a lot of just like, we saw sort of his heart on his sleeve and he was really dissatisfied and sort of frustrated with Microsoft's turnout and sort of Redfall and everything else. And that was actually pretty refreshing because, frankly, to me, that's kind of where they should have been for a while. Like Xbox's performance, and, and Phil confirmed this more or less, um, Xbox Xbox's performance over the last couple of years has been middling. You know, yes, they had a really good year, but overall, like, there's been a lot of, like, wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. And people have been waiting and what we've been seeing has not been good, um, and I, I think you know, especially given the fact that the CMA uh, has basically, you know, the UK has basically kind of like poo-pooed the uh, bl- the ABK Microsoft merger acquisition, and and all of that stuff has yet to play out well. And just recently, the 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 European uh, commission approved it um so th- that's an interesting we'll see we'll see how that all sorts of shakes up that all of that shakes out but he, just coming off the cma stuff coming off the redfield redfall review he goes on the kind of funny and he didn't have to keep that interview like he could have bounced out he could have said it's now it's i can't do this right now but he he went he showed up they had had that established for a while so he showed up and it's like you know anytime Somebody does the hard thing and steps into the hard situation. And I think that's what Phil was doing in a lot of ways. And I think he knew that's what he was doing in a lot of ways. I have to give like, I have to give props. I have to, you get like that, that is like totally a, a a legit move in the sense that I'm saying like, that's cool. And you, you, he gets a little bit of respect uh, and a little bit of admiration for doing that because it's like, it would have been so easy for him to just say now's now it's not the time, but he went in and, you know, in addition, I've got to give the kind of funny Xbox team uh, some, some credit and some flowers too, because I feel, do I feel like they could have come off a little heavier? Uh, Gary Witta, especially was kind of like asked some really poignant questions. And I thought uh, Phil had some good responses to them, but they could have softballed that they could have like, you know, played nice, but they, Kind of held Phil's feet to the fire and Xbox's feet to the fire, which maybe not as much as I'd like, but I think they've done that more than I think most people on the Xbox enthusiast community have done so far um, with the rare exception being like, you know, I think Maddie and Cog over at Defining Duke do, do an okay job, even, but even I feel like they're kind of soft on Microsoft sometimes especially given the sort of just the abysmal performance over the last year. And that's not me just saying that. That's actually Phil sort of copped to that. There's a lot of promises made and they weren't kept. And he kind of, you know, I think Gary would his question about like, well, what is Microsoft learning? What are you guys basically saying? What are you guys going to do? Like you guys have kind of pooped the bed a few times here. What are you going to do? And, and Phil's answers were encouraging. But at the same time, and I think that the part that was the most encouraging is that Phil... And sort of like gave me sort of like reason to, to, to want to like give me a reason to sort of want to give him a second, third, fourth chance. Like to really sort of like be actually curious about what they're doing is that Phil basically said he was like, hey, we know that we've kind of like just for lack of we've just screwed everything up. We have lost a lot of trust. Um, we've sort of abused a lot of that trust. And again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm not really I'm synthesizing here. I'm not really quoting him. But he said, like that, Microsoft needs to earn that back, and that he can say whatever he wants. They can show whatever they want at this 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 showcase that they've got coming out soon. But until people have the games in hand, until they're playing them, until they're interacting with them, it's all talk. And he said, you know, we have to prove it to you. And to me, that was a major step forward. I again, like, I just wanted to give uh, him credit for sort of. Take it, and I think overall, you, you know, the interview was maybe a little more positive than I thought. I still think that part of the problem is that Xbox doesn't have much of a, a corporate personality. They don't. They don't really know what they're doing, or what they they know that Game Pass is sort of like their future, but I don't think that they have really a great path forward with it um, right now, and. You know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll double back on that a little bit here. Um But all that being said, like, you know, and if it sounded like we were sort of maybe too heavy-handed or whatever, it does still sort of feel like, uh, in a lot of ways, well, we can't out-console Nintendo or Sony. It does still feel like a cop-out because I'm, if I'm being honest, I think like the thing is like I'm kind of like, well, you guys just you haven't been competitive at all. Your, your output. Hasn't been at all like and he he even at one point in time, he said, you know, Nintendo and Sony are making deals that make it hard for us. And it's like, well, OK, but like you guys should be making your own deals. And and honestly, there's a part of me. It's like you're you're a subsidy, you're a subsidiary of Microsoft. You have a way bigger war chest than either one of these companies. And so maybe the the answer isn't sort of doing all the other things you've been doing, and I, it's maybe it's just like doubling down on production and making solid experiences, which again is something that hopefully um, we're going to start seeing some of that. So we'll you know we'll we'll see how that shakes out. And and again, I don't think he's wrong in saying that like even if Starfield comes out and it's even better than Tears of the Kingdom, which is coming out as maybe arguably one of the greatest games of all time. Um and again, like, you know, uh hype hype beast say what kind of thing. Um it's it's an issue where like people aren't just gonna get rid of their Xbox or their PlayStation or their Switch to to play Starfield. He's right. That that for the average consumer, um, yeah, that's that's just not gonna happen. But I think the problem is there just they, there aren't a ton of reasons to be on Xbox. Period. Um, but and, and hopefully that's going to change. And the, the, I think some of that's even changing for me. Some of my perspective uh, since I got the new laptop and I'm sort of I've got the three month sub to to Game Pass Ultimate. I'm playing around with it and it's it's kind of been interesting. Which basically kind of like this all sort of pushes towards. Um, All of this being said, like some of that, that interview, just like some of what Josh and I said still stands is that I don't think this is the end for Xbox, but this is, I think a bit of a crisis point and we're really going to see, um, this is maybe not an absolute make or break moment. Um, but it does feel like this is sort of like, this could very much be like the Wii U into switch moment for Xbox. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not that drastic. Maybe not that sort of dramatic. Um, and I definitely do think like there is room for somebody in the upper echelon of Xbox gaming to probably lose their position. Again, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not calling for anyone to lose their job, but I, it does seem like there's just some overall mismanagement there, which kind of leads me into the the, the back half here. Um so I've been playing at, like Game Pass. I've I've had PS Plus Extra for a while, and recently I had the opportunity to listen to a Sacred Symbols Plus episode, which is the patron only uh, Sacred Symbols extras with David Jaffe and Colin talking about Game Pass and some of the pros and cons. and And Jaffe is very much sort of almost an apologist for Game Pass where Colin has been pretty adversarial and i think the one thing that just has to be said right and i hate saying it and i kind of make fun of it but game pass arguably is one of the best deals in gaming i think that if i'm being honest i think playstation um extra playstation plus extra is comparable yeah you don't have the day one drops uh, the way that Game Pass does, but I think if you look at the the library, the volume, and the quality, there's an argument to be made that PlayStation Plus Extra is at least competitive um, in that sphere to a certain extent. So I think I think just sort of expanding that these game sub- streaming subscription services, whatever kind of this model is, like the Game Pass type model, is a a a, a great value just overall. As if you're looking at just the idea of just sort of things being, I'm going to up this a little bit, things kind of being a, uh, if it's all about sort of quantity and, you you know, and and quality. So we want both of those things out of these services. Anyways, doubling back sort of like circling back around to the Jaffe Colin interview, there were a couple thoughts that I had in that. That I kind of agreed with. And and David Jaffe is one of those guys that like I have mixed feelings on it. I think he's arguably has some really interesting insight into the games industry. I also think he, he it smokes entirely too much weed and is kind of a little um he he kind of puts off that like smartest guy in the room energy. And maybe the, the reason I notice that is because I probably put that off too. Um and I just think some of his takes are not great. In other areas, but this is an area where I definitely sort of agree with him, in the sense that, um, and and I've I've had to come around on this, just because the execution of Game Pass has not been great, doesn't delegitimize um the actual idea behind it, and that's where I can kind of co-sign because I think um, the biggest problem is that. Microsoft has mismanaged that. Uh, I do think I, I think Microsoft has mismanaged Game Pass in in several critical and key ways. And and one of the reasons they're really struggling to find a bit of a foothold with it is like, and I know that they had to do this, but I think the biggest sort of blunder or mistake they made was the day and date. Um, any Microsoft first party stuff is is free on Game Pass i for the amount of money like god of war we know was like a 200 million dollar game or something like that it was it was wildly expensive i think uh shuhei yoshida leaked the the production costs on that and they made a ton of money on that just on single sales and i think the fact that is in a lot of these first party micro so all of the bethesda all of you know the the these these acquired studios, anything that those studios makes uh, is like that that's money lost. And so I, I I just think like in a lot of ways, Game Pass is going to hemorrhage money because of those costs and any acquisitions like any t- deals that they have to sign to to acquire like day one stuff. That's money that's going to be lost. And some of that is like you know money in money out kind of you gotta spend money to make money um but i do think that it's just it's an unnecessary kind of burden on that service because you, you know unless the, it's the whole like and especially since it seems like games as uh, the the game subscription services are starting to plateau so it's again there's going to be a price hike and all that stuff so i i definitely think that that's a bit of a problem for microsoft mm-hmm. um in in some ways. Uh, I also think that they just have, there's sort of a lack of really knowing what Game Pass is or should be, um, and just what these subservices should be. And and again, this is something that Colin and and Jaffe talked about, and this is even sort of what I found in, in sort of exploring it and playing around with these services. I found that the way that they best work for me, and I think that they will best work for most people, not all people. I think some people you know, will, will use them differently, but there's like three or four primary uses for me. Um, so one is just, I think one of the things that I'm noticing is that when I'm checking out stuff on Game Pass or PS Plus Extra, it's because I'm curious about the title, but I'm not sure I want to actually commit like the 20 bucks. And so game Pass and p s plus extra these game sub services have become sort of a test bed, almost like an extended sort of demo service for me where it's like I get to play this out I get to play as much as I want of it, and then I can make the decision whether or not I actually want to like sort of spring for it or not because I am much more of a like I like to just buy and own my stuff, and so it, it kind of gives me a risk free you know opportunity to try this stuff out and play with it um And so that's, that's sort of, I think one of the primary uses is that I can just, I can check stuff out and there's literally no risk to me financially because I'm already, I'm already paying for the sub. And if I don't like it, it's not that big a deal. I can just sort of, I don't have to worry about returning it. I just stop playing it. I, I pull it off my library. I stop playing it. It's, it's, it's fine. I think, um, you, you know, sort of going like Seeing what sort of exclusive deals each one of them will work out with Game Pass Ultimate, they have the uh, the EA bundle is sort of included, whereas with uh, PS Plus Extra or maybe it's Premium, you get the Ubisoft sort of library collection stuff added. So I think that's interesting, where it's sort of it gives you these potentially exclusive, free, you know, included with the price of subscription, uh, like opportunities. So. That that's kind of interesting as well, um, not a major sort of thing. I think the other thing too is just exposure. One of the the, the coolest ways that I think Game Pass and PS Plus Extra, you know, Premium, whatever, these subservices, I'm, I've got to find. We've got to find these Game Pass type models. I think the the one of the coolest things I've seen is just the exposure to properties that I didn't know existed period um we're seeing a lot of like really kind of interesting indie and smaller titles get some exposure and actually get out there just in the market period i think that's cool i mean uh i can't remember if like i'm, I'm pretty sure cult of the lamb was on game pass at one point in time you know and it's it's more of a title uh, series SX and Game Pass exclusive period, but Hi-Fi Rush, things like that, where the, these smaller, more sort of like premium indie experiences, and it, maybe Hi-Fi Rush isn't really indie. I don't know, but these smaller indie titles like uh, Spirit Fair uh, is, I think, was on Game Pass, and I think it's on PS Plus Express Extra. What? it's it's on the the PlayStation stuff now, and I hate. Talking about this is just like, it's so confused, but these, but I think it's on PlayStation right now, their service. And I think it was on Game Pass. I'm not hundred percent sure. There's a Chained Echoes is on Game Pass. And so there's a lot of these smaller kind of like experiences that are just getting a little more exposure and people can, can play with them and experience them without having and again it's it's sort of riffing on that first idea where it's like they can play with them without having to dump money and then if you like it you you can go ahead and buy it on whatever platform you want to play it on um and i think just that as i like that i actually really like these the subservices as sort of test beds for some of these more boutique experiences i think that's actually one of the best best case best use Best uses of these services. One of the best case models. I don't know. I'm, but I think that's kind of one of the best ways that these services can be leveraged. I think in addition to that, um, what Nintendo does with the NSO um, and the NSO expansion pass series, where it's basically uh, sort of a catalog of hit, like a lot of their hist- more their their older titles, um, where you can experience a lot of the NES, the SNES library, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera on up the line. Um, on this monthly fee i actually think that's a really great model and i know something and again i think the one thing that nintendo does or doesn't do that they, they really ought to give you the opportunity to buy some of these games a la carte and so you can have an either or um and they could probably double dip a little bit that way but nintendo does what nintendo does and they kind of don't care and don't their their online stuff is kind of eh, anyways uh but i think that um, is a really kind of interesting proposition as well i actually i haven't used the switch online stuff a ton. I have played some older titles on it uh and it's i like that in theory, especially you know for it's like you know twenty bucks for a year or if you're on a plan with some friends it's even less than that um so and especially for the expansion pass um, so they, they're making that really accessible. And I think that's a really interesting. There was actually something uh, a quote that Colin and Jaffe, or Colin, brought up to David uh, Jaffe about from Struss Zelnick, who's uh, he's like the Take Two executive. Whatever he's 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 one of the big C suite guys in the Take Two sort of sphere, and uh, he basically has said that he doesn't find the subscription, the Game Pass type model, to be. Uh, viable or feasible, and and he said that he actually mentioned the fact that like more is like a catalog service or something like that. And he sees as being you know a a viable a more viable model uh, than the actual the way that Game Pass is actually run now. And I think too you know something that's interesting as well, and it's it's a bit of a it's kind of a, another weird case you know a case study kind of model here is the apple um play uh, whatever they call that thing i think it's just apple play um but the their the the game subservice where it's actually a bit of a curated service and i think that some and and again all these sort of the the lines are a little blurry with all of this stuff but i think that the subservices, even to offer sort of a cur- more curated experience something like the apple play uh experience i think is also really helpful and really viable because if we're being honest, yeah, there aren't as many like big A first party bangers all the time. And I'm kind of okay with that because I think you only need like a few of those a year. And, th- and again, this is personal preference, but I think what's sometimes hard is that there's a lot of like stuff that just sort of flies under the radar and nobody really talks about it. And it'd be cool that maybe and again, it's sort of like the, even that indie stuff, but like having just like saying like we've gone through all of these like smaller you know single A kind of experiences or these indie experiences, and we've really kind of curated this collection. We think this is the creme de la creme. Or you know, uh, an example that was given again in that Sacred Symbols Plus episode was Shudder as a streaming service is solely basically it's it's basically on all about horror. And it seems weird that that kind of model would work, but what if we did have more sort of these niche subscription models or niche? I, I try to say niche and niche niche at the, anyway. But we, these niche niche subscription services, where it's like this is all about horse survival games, this is all about third-party action adventure, this is all about you know whatever, and you had some some of these smaller services. Um, that could and actually Shutter has gone and done and produced some movies out of that that sort of venture as well. So it's like there's an in, there's a lot of really interesting things with this model that I don't think have we we've seen fruition of, and that, that's because in a lot of ways it's the model is still in its infancy, and it's still I, I think as xbox tries to sort of find its identity and as it sort of wrestles with it we're going to see the emergence of, of something it's i I'm, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a a clearer more coherent vision for xbox and, and game pass moving forward uh so that's that's really it and i think sort of again some of this has just been a sort of a shift in my attitude towards these um Now, granted, I do think I I have questions about how this affects the psychology of the consumer. Um, I'm not sure that this model helps uh, with some of just the the rampant overuse and uh, sort of misuse of media in general, Uh, like the the whole binging entertainment kind of stuff. Um, I wonder how much stuff like this actually contributes to that and sort of actually Flourishes on that sort of mentality, but that's neither here nor there for now. I, you know, and again, the, the jury's out on a lot of this. It's all speculative. It's all kind of like whatever. We we we've, we've got to see how this all plays out before we we get into that 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 stuff. So, um, like I said, a lot of this has just been though kind of like I've been my perspective here. My sort of uh, thoughts on it have sort of been evolving uh since i got the sub to ps plus extra and uh well it's premium really like i locked in for like 2 years or something like that so there's that um and i'm kind of like thinking through some of that and that that's sort of changed some of the ways that i i look at and and do and and, and see things um but also even with my fairly recent exposure to game pass ultimate on on my laptop here that's really kind of shifted things for me a little bit too. And so I'm experiencing some of these things and I'm kind of understanding the appeal of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm the, the needle is moving a little bit. I'm still, I, I'm still, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, maybe not antagonistic, but I'm a little suspicious. Uh, I'm a little sort of like a skeptical of like how this is all going to play out, but I'm trying to sort of be, a participating skeptic and not just sort of sitting from the outside and sort of saying oh this sucks this is the worst uh Game pass best value gaming tm i, I mean i'm still gonna say that because it's it's fun um and i i like to have hot takes i mean i don't like to i just have hot takes and then yeah i say them uh anyways so i just think there's some interesting uh stuff sort of cooking right now and it, and again a lot of it is just a lot of it is just in flux and what we'll see sort of how it all shakes out um you know just sort of you know want to double back and just again sort of say i did you know, not like phil spencer listens to the breakdown or anything like that but you know what i really you know flowers to to phil for sort of being a, a real stand-up dude and and sitting through that interview and not taking the easy the way out and and good job to the kind of funny guys um yeah i don't i don't really interact with kind of funny or pay too much attention to it but it, one that was a heck of a heck of a scoop heck of an interview and uh they really deserve a lot of credit there and lastly guys you know I, i'm like i said uh there's a lot sort of going on with all this Game Pass stuff and, and all of these models. And I think there are a lot of questions that we have yet to sort of really um, wrestle with. But I think for the first time, and maybe it's just because now I'm actually experiencing it. But like, I'm actually, I don't hate where we're at as, uh, as far as like some of these models. And do I think the model has yet to really be proven? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know or i'm at least a participating skeptic at this point in time all of that being said you know what i think this is a good place to sort of just like you know sort of like put a pin in it and and maybe we'll revisit some of this stuff later on as as things sort of develop as things sort of play out with the the well the abk microsoft acquisition i know we're all exhausted we're tired of hearing about it but hey there's still a lot of stuff up in the air there too All that being said, this is it. I'm going to just, I'm going to close out and say like, hey, you guys, you know what? Thanks for hanging out for a few minutes and you know what to do. So until next time, do the things guys. I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.